your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. You want to get in here, 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. In a little bit, 10 minutes, Shelly Fortner from the Hunger Task Force is going to update us on everything that happened today and Food Drive Fridays. I think this is week three of Food Drive Fridays. We've got Firefighters Credit Union has offered to match anything donated from today through the end of May up to $50,000 for Food Drive Fridays. That, on top of another anonymous donation who's offered to match and is already on the hook for this because they surpassed that in two weeks, I believe, $25,000 for Food Drive Friday. So we'll, we'll talk to Shelly from the Hunger Task Force in about eight minutes now, and she can tell us because another good day, if you can believe it, I can. But it's pretty awesome to see. Uh, it hasn't even – the first week was astronomical. And the next two weeks, last Friday and, t- and today, pretty good. Not just barely under the first week. Not not even, I think they had 50,000 pounds and then they got uh, just under that the, the next two weeks. But other things we could talk about is the, I, I don't know if I'm going to get over this until, until I don't have to think about it anymore. This is kind of how these things work, I think, in general with, with our, maybe our meat situation, but. They're euthanizing pigs now at a kind of an astronomical rate in the United States because of the pork plants can't the, the the factory farms sending can't send their animals to the processing plants because the processing plants are down. They're trying to ramp those up. Uh, Trump signing that executive order to use the Defense Act to uh, keep those plants going, but. The idea that we're we're just going to force the plants to be open. Hey, you got to be open while workers are getting very sick. A lot of workers. I don't know if they're getting very sick, but there a lot of them are getting sick. So if you if anyone wants to call in, text in, and and kind of discuss that situation, the idea that we're going to force these processing plants open, but the workers inside the plants are are getting sick. So are we going to also force the processing plants to be healthy? Are we going to give them all masks? Are we going to they, – they have to rework their entire strategy and how, how they're going to process meat. So, um, yeah, the idea of, of, of just forcing them to do that, boom, you guys got to do it because workers are going down. 700,000 pigs can't be processed across the nation. Officials estimate about 700,000 pigs. So they have to be euthanized. We're euthanizing 700,000 pigs a week. Uh, most of the hogs being killed at farms, but up to 13,000 a day also also euthanized um, just you know semi-locally at this JBS plant in Worthington. Um, God, there's more to the story too, just that we're, we're giving these farmers uh, means to euthanize their herds. Are we calling them herds? I guess you know the the means to to get them to. And then the the next problem there is that landfills are filling up, and then when landfills fill up, uh, all that waste, so to speak, the waste goes into our water systems. So another problem with that is our water systems then are contaminated with essentially dead 
animals. So, yeah, that's fun. It's a good Friday. Uh, we could also talk about, uh, we could really flip the switch. We could really not flip the switch, but flip the table and talk about uh, what anyone's binge watching lately. I would say this weekend, but I feel like a lot of people are just binge watching in general since they, there's not a whole lot of other things to do. Um, and, and then maybe on top of that, if you're not sitting in front of the TV, are you getting out and about? Where are you going? Uh I see a lot more people walking, even just outside when you're when you're outside uh, downtown here, downtown Lacrosse. A lot of people just walking around downtown, just walking their dogs, walking their with with their significant others or their roommates, and just a whole lot more of that, and a whole lot less traffic. So um, uh, that's pretty cool. And, and Grant really wants to get into Grant Bills, who is on the Facebook Live video and in, in studio, and will be answering the phones. If anyone calls 608-785-7914, Grant really wants to get into uh, what went down at the Michigan Capitol yesterday. And uh, the the pictures are always just really funny. I don't know exactly how many people were protesting at the state capitol. I think as a as a decision came that the, the, the government can still shut down the state, you know, the court decision. But uh, the the optics of it are always interesting when it's a bunch of dudes with ar-15s and and masks right because we're you know we're wearing masks now even though the idea of the protest is that we should open up the state i guess we still want to be safe we just want to open up the state you could you could argue one way or the other but uh but the optics of somebody wearing a mask carrying an ar-15 inside the state capitol like hanging out is just a very odd scene and that that's what happened yesterday. Grant, did you did you take in any more of that over the last 24 hours or were you kind of done with it after you saw it on Twitter? It's weird on so many different levels, right? Because the Second Amendment is something we value really highly in this country and it's something that I value really highly. But does the Second Amendment make it OK for a group of dressed up individuals to take over a Capitol building? I, look, whether they were intending to be intimidating or not, that's to me, that's irrelevant. Like, that's a scary scene for the people who work there, for the cops who had to respond. The cops had to wear masks, and they're having to come face-to-face with dozens of these protesters, which I'm sure they don't want to do. So what's the rule? What's the law on a situation like that? Because I, I think the Second Amendment says we can have guns. Well, what about a situation like yesterday in Michigan? That's what really has me interested in that topic. Yeah, and the, and the news of all that comes as the state reported a thousand new cases of the virus and a seventy-seven additional deaths, which is significantly more than what is happening in Wisconsin and Minnesota, for that matter. Minnesota sets a, a new single-day high today, but seventy-seven—it's that's three times as many as Minnesota reported today. Um, all right, so let's let's take a break. Grant, you got Shelly's number now? I yes, think sir. I gave it to you. All right, we'll, we'll get Shelly Fortner, the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse, in here. And we'll talk about Food Drive Fridays, and we'll maybe try to keep it less less uh, negative, but it's going to be hard. Um, but w- at least we'll be positive when Shelly comes on. We'll be back after this. I'm with her. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914, the, sh- uh, the talk and text line if you want to get in here. We've got Shelly Fortner from the – wait a minute. I just hit Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. I was going to say it the other way. How is it going, Shelly? It's going well. It was another great Friday for our Food Drive Fridays. Are you are you staked out at one of those three locations, or do you hit them all at one point in the, in the two-hour window? 
Well, I try and I try and jump around um, a lot of time. We've got really great volunteers out there, though, with the Rotary groups and uh, Rotary clubs, Rotary lights, I feed. Um, so a lot of volunteers out there taking good care of everything. Okay, so where do you think the most popular site has been the last three weeks? You know, I think the mall area, and I don't know if it's just more traffic up that way, um, but they've been our number one for a couple weeks in a row now. So if people had to pick, you know, I gotta, I want to donate food, I want to go to one of these three locations, maybe don't pick the mall because there's going to be a bigger line there. So maybe go downtown or go to the south side at Big Lots, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be good, too. Although, you know, the, like I said, stellar volunteers. I mean, they're getting cars in and out of there. Um, you know, I think they said that the longest car was sitting there waiting for about seven minutes. Right, yeah. So it's not a not big... too bad. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so if I remember right, you raised about 15,000 pounds of food uh, week one, 12,000 pounds uh, last week. Is that right or not? Yep, it was a little over 12,000 pounds last week. Okay, and, and we then... Did it. And then exactly how exactly you... the same this week? Oh, exactly. Um, uh, Twelve thousand two hundred pounds. Twelve thousand so two hundred. Okay. Community's really coming through. And then you have okay. So you have uh, fifteen, twenty-seven, thirty-nine, about forty thousand pounds of food so far in three weeks, right? Yes, that's, and, that's what we have. And what's what was your goal? You know, we I guess we started out with a goal of about thirty thousand pounds, but we don't really want to put a goal on it <laughs> because we don't know how long. You know, this situation is going to last. We know that people are going to, even when, the, um, you know, the state of Wisconsin opens up a little bit, we still don't know how long the repercussions of all of this is going to last. We need to make sure that we have enough food for the rest of the year. Um, and, and this is starting out to be really helping us out that way. Yeah, and I, I, I only ask that because I think, A, the goal is set because you guys can kind of, okay, this is, you know, we need this much food at least to get into the into our, you know, food pantries. And on the flip side, you, you look at past events and, and kind of try to gauge about what you would, you would get. And you've already, you've already beaten that goal by 10,000 pounds. Uh, you know, what ha- we're not even halfway through. So that's, that's probably the community coming through in a big way that you maybe didn't expect. Yeah, it really is. I mean, our largest food drive gets about three or 30,000 pounds of food. But if you, you know, if you look at it in the context where we give out um, uh, close to 400,000 pounds of just canned goods in a year, um, and, you know, that doesn't even count the other 15 or 1.5 million produce and dairy and, all, and meats and all of the other things. So it's 400,000 pounds of canned goods alone that we need for an entire year's worth of service. Okay, and again, the you know I asked you last week, and I'm not going to remember exactly, but do you, does the does it all is the staple five things that you need in there? Do are they always the same five things, or does that change at all? And has it changed, or do you still need? I remember peanut butter was one of them, but I can't remember the other four. Cereal was the other one. Was another one. Right. Yeah, cereal, peanut butter, tuna, pasta, pasta sauce. Those are the things that um, you know the, the pantries are able to give out. People can really make a meal out of you know pasta. And a, and a sauce and uh, peanut butter is a good kids meal. It's got lots of protein. Same with tuna. You can make a meal out of those things. So it's not just a one time sit down and it's gone. It can make a meal for four. Yeah, I always put peanut butter on my noodles. I don't know about you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but, but I've put them on hamburgers before. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> I've put peanut butter on my noodles before, just to go on the record. It's not as bad as you'd think. It's not great, but in a pinch, it's not as bad as you'd think. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to make fun. I was. Uh, actually, it was, but um, 
in in terms of the the whole meat situation, do you guys do you guys see a, a problem there in the future, or maybe are you having a, a where you you would not meet, need more meat in, in the in the pantries? Well, and that's a that's a really I'm glad you brought that up because we're actually with the Hunger Relief Federation of Wisconsin uh, dealing with the dairy crisis that's going on with people dumping milk. We've worked with the Hunger Relief Federation um, of Wisconsin to get that dairy to lacrosse. Um, and so we are thinking that, you know, there's going to be something going on with meats and things as well. Uh, you've heard of, of people having to, you know, slaughter animals because the processors are not fast enough or they're not open. Um, so, you know, there could be very well something coming along down the line for meats and things like that. But that is probably the, the biggest thing that the pantries request are meat items. And, you know, they don't get donated an awful lot. So, you know, part of this funding is going to go towards meat uh, for our freezers, so that we have enough of that, too, for sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, and you know, it's a kind of a luxury at some points. And, you know, like we, we take all that for granted, I think it's um, – Okay, so let's talk about this. I called Bruce Zmolik at Firefighters Credit Union. He uh, his his wash machine upstairs flooded his whole house, so he couldn't come on with us. But oh, you know, no. we've we've been talking about this throughout the day on our stations. Uh, can you just tell us what Bruce and Firefighters Credit Union has has agreed to do uh, w- w- through Food Drive Fridays? Well, uh, you know, we have so many people, great people coming through for us, and I got a call from Bruce saying that firefighters really wants to be part of this. And, you know, they're stepping up in a huge, huge way uh, to give us a really large check towards this food drive. Yeah, so um, do, you, do you have any idea what you raised today? Today we got um, with a little over $20,000 right in the bucket at the food drive. This is, you know, I mean, I just can't, I can't say enough how pleased and grateful we are to the community that, that these buckets keep getting filled as well as the canned goods. I mean, the, the financial donations really go a long way for us, too. Okay, so a little over $20,000. Bruce Molick has agreed to the firefighters, I say Bruce Molick, but Firefighters Credit Union, mm-hmm. the, the entities there, there's, I think, uh, there's, I think the, they all agreed to this. So they've agreed to, to match up to $50,000 from now through May. So we're, we're almost halfway there already. Oh my gosh, that is isn't that just phenomenal? I mean, just, just the people coming through and firefighters, what a gift! Um, I just can't. You know, this is such an exciting thing. It's it's really unfortunate we have this need, but oh, how the community comes through for us all the time, and we're just so grateful. Again, talking to Shelly Fortner, the Hunger Task Force Lacrosse Executive Director. Okay, Shelly, can or Shelley, can you put this in perspective a little bit? Is there any way to do this? Can you compare that the need that people have right now going to food pantries and the amount of food that you guys have had to distribute the last couple of months versus maybe this time last year or just in the past? Um, is there? I don't know if you could put numerical data to it or or just or just kind of like t- talk to us about you know the how different it is now. Sure. Yeah, it's it's really different. Um, you know, last year when everything I guess what we could call normal. Um, you know, folks are going to food pantries fairly on a regular basis. You know, they've got low incomes. Most of them are already working. Um, 80% of people who go to food pantries are working. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's the low wages and the large expenses, rent and utilities and such. And so, um, you know, it's, it's almost become a way of life for people that they really need this. It's not something that they're, 
you know, doing it on purpose, but really at the end of the month when the money is gone, there's no food for anybody. So, you know, this time last year, with all the food pantries up and running like regular, um, and, you know, we are seeing just so much of a bigger need this year, even though the food pantries aren't up and running like regular. They're doing special things. We're having larger distributions um, because people are taking boxes to go um, or we're having distributions around town where we're handing food out through, you know, to cars because some of the pantries are just not running. But even with some of the pantries not running like normal, we've heard that we're probably serving four to 600 families more this year um, than we were last year. And so we can see the effects of all of this where, um, you know, people have been furloughed or out of work and, and it's not necessarily even what we would have called low-income people anymore. It's, it's you and I who, who, who aren't able to work anymore. Uh, it's our neighbors who have, you know, had to stop work because, um, you know, they're not able to, you know, have places open. So it is very different, um, but we are seeing that increase. And how important is, is uh, let's go specific, how important is Food Drive Fridays to just keeping uh, everything going? And is there are there other drives that are similar to this, or is this like the biggest thing that we're doing right now in terms of restocking everything? Yeah, I think this is probably, we've never seen anything like this. Um, this situation, um, this drive, we've, we've not held a drive like this in, in my history with the Hunger Task Force. Um, and... And it's because there hasn't been such a, a, a need before or the uncertainty, and, and we want to be ready. We can't, um, you know, we're, we're the ones that stock all of the food pantries that you could even imagine, and we have to do our job, and we couldn't do that without this. It's, it's been scary and different and wonderful all at once. Are you guys going to start uh, Food Drive Mondays then coming up too? or <laughs> I mean, there are you know, I said the way this really works. I mean, we should we should do this once a year, but um, you know, it's a it's a lot of work for people. But it just you know, it just shows how the community can come through. So when we ask, we know they're going to. So we you know we we have this scheduled through May. If we need to open something back up again come fall, if things get you know a, a little crazy or um, worse or the same, we may need to do it again. But how you know how great it is to know that when we ask the community will come through. Yeah, definitely. I was I yeah, and you said fall. I was saying do you have any plans maybe to just continue this through June or does the 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 food drive Friday is what you're doing now the 7 weeks will that stock you up enough to to maybe last you know maybe through June and July or 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 what? Well, if it comes in, you know, and we certainly didn't we expected week 1 to be kind of a neat thing. We didn't expect it to come in as well weeks two and three, but thank goodness it has because, you know, we could feasibly hear if, if things stay the same and the donations keep coming in like they are, we could, you know, be prepared way into the fall. So that's, it's really great to see. I hope people don't stop donating. Um, it's certainly not going to go to waste. We are going to make sure that, that people are fed all year long. All right. Thanks a lot, Shelly, for taking the time out, and thanks for everything that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. We're happy to do it. All right. That's Shelly Fortner, Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse Executive Director. All right. We're going to break for Scott's comment and news. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. The talk and text line if you want to get in here. Ryan's texting in. He wants us to talk about toilets. I think Ryan sells toilets. It's kind of funny. I, I did I did reply to him and say we need uh, self-sanitizing public toilet, toilets right now more than ever so that when these public places do reopen, they the toilets clean themselves and then we don't have to worry about uh, doing all that. I know when you go to the store... Uh, I was I went to grab a cart at uh, one of the st- I think Woodman's I think it was Woodman's and I I asked for uh, a, a wipe they weren't right there and and the wipes are kind of in the store and I asked for a wipe and they're like oh we we wipe down the carts as they come in so you don't have to wipe them but you're more than welcome to grab a wipe but uh, so I just you know the stores are kind of making these like little changes uh, Menards is requiring everybody to wear a mask now. I don't think you can get into the store at Menards. I don't think you can get into a Menards without wearing a mask. And they're, I believe, selling them. I think they're like a dollar at the door. I haven't been to Menards. So if anyone is going into Menards and wants to text in, 608-785-7914. Lacrosse Area Day for Miller Park in the Brewer game against the Toronto, I was going to say Raptors, Toronto Blue Jays uh, was canceled today. Not it was canceled today for June 24th, I believe, is the day that Lacrosse Area Day heads to Miller Park, where all everyone from Lacrosse and um, somebody was awarded to throw out to the first pitch from Lacrosse, and uh, so that's been canceled. And there's not really a, a way to even reschedule that at this point because we're not rescheduling things because we don't know what's going to happen. But Grant, you you know your Wisco Sports Show is going to start up, I think, two Mondays from now. Yep. On WKTY, and um, this is one of those areas that I'm not like a huge baseball guy. I pay attention enough, but if if sports aren't happening, I'm not paying attention because they're not happening. I'm not reading all about, oh, how are the how is the Major League Baseball situation panning out? Because I just assume that they're not panning out at all right now. And um, but you you probably have a little bit more detail. Do you do you know? Does baseball have anything confirmed? Like we're looking at this state to try to reopen. Well, it's all ideas at this point. I I don't want to get into a target date because this story moves so quickly, and I think leagues kind of operate under the same logic. You know, why are we going to say why why are we going to give ourselves a deadline when we don't know how this disease is going to progress? Yeah. The, the one idea that Major League Baseball does have right now, because baseball travels a lot, obviously they play three game series, but they're playing all over the country. The idea has been floated to regroup the entire league into three divisions rather than six. So the Twins and the Brewers divisions would be combined. They do it based on geography. So they'd lump the the areas of the country together into three huge divisions rather than six between two leagues. And then they would do it like a big round-robin tournament, kind of similar to what the World Cup would look like. It's All these suggestions are very different. None of these ideas that Major League Baseball or, or the NBA has come up with, none of them closely mirror a normal regular season or a normal postseason. And then, these are all off-the-wall ideas. And, and, you know, we were, was it last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about playing quarantined in Arizona some kind of season. I don't know how that it would even work. So would they quarantine the Midwest teams in at one stadium? Did, did, I, did I miss that or did you, was there no No, I, I think they, they would use hubs. And I don't know the specifics of the system, but they would use hubs. So they would play at a limited number of ballparks Mm -hmm. and they would probably, yes, keep 
teams geographically isolated. So teams that play on the West Coast, they're all in one huge division together and they stay on the West Coast. If that's not the case, and it's not specified where I've read about it, if that's not the case, it would make no sense. Why regroup divisions if you're going to have teams travel the country anyways? So I'm assuming they're going to keep teams geographically isolated, basically East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. And there are three huge divisions rather than six between American League and National League. I mean, I think instead of trying to play a season, I think teams, not just baseball, but teams in general, all these teams, let's just play like a little tournament. And we'll we'll just do, you know, Brewers, Cubs, White Sox. We'll just grab these teams around here maybe. I don't know why you would have to do it geographically. But, hey, can you guys all quarantine? Or, no, can we test you all? For a day, and then we'll quarantine you for a week, and we'll just play. We'll play games. Yeah, I, I don't know how, it's how selfish. Yeah, how often are we going to have to test people? Is it going to be every other game, every game, once a week? That's something that, that these sports leagues are going to figure out. And this nightmare scenario that everybody's going to try to avoid is starting and then having to stop. Because think of what what a gut punch that would be to not only sports fans, but but kind of to the country. I'm not trying to make sports bigger than they are, but if you had to start the league and shut it down again you feel like you're all the way back at square one, which is months ago. So baseball and, and basketball and football, when the time comes, they're going to have to be sure that their plan's going to work. Otherwise, this mess is just going to continue to get bigger and bigger. I feel like uh, all the billionaire owners could go buy some land out in Montana and build like a giant complex. Like China built that you know makeshift hospital in 10 days that was gigantic. Yep. Just build a ma- like a major league sports complex in the middle of Montana and, you know, we'll throw out all the environmental impact rules and we'll just we'll do it from there. And then they everybody can live there. Bring your families and then we'll just it'll be a self-sustaining thing and nobody can come in and or out. Yeah, well, I'll give you my opinion. I don't I don't know if I'm in the majority or the minority. I don't want sports back until we can do it the right way with fans and with teams in their home stadiums playing a normal type of play. I, that's probably not going to be the case. We're probably going to see sports without fans first. But we're completely reorganizing the way that the regular season and the postseason works for Major League Baseball. I, I don't really want that. Let's wait until we can at least do it with a semblance of, of regularity and of normalcy based on what obviously we've done for hundreds of years with baseball. But, but, I don't want to come back with this corny round-robin tournament where everyone's quarantined in one place. I'm, just, what if I'm not that uh, interested. What if Giannis says he's going to play in the three big three league, the three-on-three three league? <laughs> is the, is the big three that? still going? I, I, don't, I thought they were talking about having like a the quarantine and all those guys, but let's get to the phones. Uh, I think Gary and number three are on, so and you, let's get to one of those guys, Grant. Yeah, well, let's go with Gary first. You're on with Rick and Grant. Go ahead, Gary. Hey, hey guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Well, actually, it's good number three following me, so I got some information. He was a little bit off when he talked about Riverside there, Rick. Uh, yeah, was five a- million was talked about. That was like two years ago. Um, since then, it's going to be a, probably a $2 million phase. $250,000 would come from each of the three boat companies that are looking into, into uh, docking here. Uh, they're also looking, uh, Jay from the Park Department's also investigating if they, they could use some TID money to maybe help pay for the rest. There would be kiosks set up uh, in the park. And then there would be advertising sold, and that will help pay for that. That should cover all the operational costs. In fact, he did say if you want to get him on the show sometime, he'd be willing to do that, Rick. And then also the Downtown Business Association, they've been talking to the Parks Department now for a number of years that they felt without those transient docks that used to be down there that they're losing a lot of business. So the city is did we did vote on that quite a while ago last fall. 
sometime in the future they would be putting 100,000 in the transient docks that would uh, be good for the boaters to come up and then go into the downtown area. Yeah, that's what so, I was going to say. What does transient mean, Gary? I'm not a boater, but okay. So just your smaller, your everyday smaller boaters and stuff. So I, I'm still I'm still of the idea if we dig out a little harbor in Riverside Park, maybe where the lacrosse center was going to go. Now we make that a little boat harbor, and people could park their boats in there and come in and out. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe you could get a lot more boats in there than couldn't you? But uh, you know, obviously, people love that park, and that would never fly. I, you're still trying to get that volleyball court down at the ice arena. You should, you should stay focused on that, Rick. I got to do one thing at a time. I got multiple, multiple. You know, what's the cliche? Irons in the fire. Um, there you go. Oh, actually, I do have one more thing for you because okay. you're probably going to get calls on 16th Street by the library there, South Branch. They are putting a traffic circle in, and everybody's going to call and complain about why the city did that. And if you remember last fall, I told you on the show that if people wanted to go vote on that, they should go to the Holy Trinity Longfellow Neighborhood Association. If they lived in that neighborhood, get involved because that's where who put that in there. It wasn't the city, it's the Neighborhood Association, and they're using their Neighborhood Association funds. Okay, so another, another. well, is it a roundabout or like a, the, the stupid... Tra- it's the traffic circle, traffic circle. Okay, kind of you know, like on King Street, those things? Around, yeah, the round raised traffic circle in the middle there. It's at, right at 16th and whatever that little... Those things are uh, the worst. Park Street or whatever that is there. So. Yeah. Okay, Gary Podesky, are you still a city council member and a county board member, or do you have to give up one of those seats? No, I am doing both, Rick. Okay, is that is that a, is that hard to do because... Uh, or or is that the only thing that, I don't okay. <laughs> I suppose you haven't you haven't had to do too much yet but uh yeah we'll see uh, how much it's, work it's it is going to be a lot of extra time but there have been uh, Andrea uh, Richmond has done it for a long time uh some other past councilmen over the years has probably been about between 8 and 12 13 I think over the years that have done both uh, I think you can do both especially you know you it helps being retired I, I I don't know how anybody working would do both I think it's and people have done that too, and more power to them. But it's a lot of time involved. But um, when you get something good done, you feel pretty happy about it. So. Yeah, I was going to say you must. You know, if you're retired, maybe you have a little bit more time. Is there ever like a conflict of interest between county and city? You know, where maybe in the past where you've seen these other people that are on both boards, where you might have to, you know, what I can't decide. I can't make a vote on one of these things. Is that does that come up? No, well, I, you know, there's some other meetings, there's some other committees on the city that I'm not on that I like to attend that I we may have to give up some of that stuff, and I may be missing some neighborhood association meetings once in a while. But uh, the, the county was really good. Uh, the new chair put me on uh, the, uh, uh, the main committee there. Uh, my main committee were public works where I will not, uh, it will not have any conflict with any of the city meetings. And then the regular county board meeting is the third Thursday, and that would be the only one I may miss some meetings of, of committees that I'm not uh, assigned to by the mayor from the city. But I'd like to go to a lot of different meetings. So uh, it'll work out. It's just uh, it's going to be a little bit more time, but that's fine. Okay. Well, thanks for calling the show and letting me grill you on all these things, even though you were just calling, you know, just, hey, it's Friday, let's call in. Uh, and then you yeah, get grilled about all these matters. Yeah. And don't remember. And remember, Rick, if you want to get Jay on there, he said he's welcome to do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, okay. let's let's do it. Um, all right. Take let's, care. Of yep. Thanks, Gary. Yep. Gary Podesky, City County Council Member. Thanks, City Gary. County. And uh, let's go to number three. Still there? Uh, we'll see. Number three, you're there. Here. 
Yeah, I got a lot of time, too. Yeah, go ahead. All right. The last time I heard it was $6 million for Riverside Park. They must have pulled their horns in a little bit. Yeah, quite a bit, it sounds like. Yeah, because there was only going to get 386 people off the boat. Yeah, Ten well, if we do... 3,800 out. 3810 years is $38,600, and they're going to spend $6 million. Yeah, are you down with my harbor idea in Riverside Park? Definitely down. But here's another thing I'm down about. I don't know. Does I down means you're into it. I just heard on your news that the Arts Board want to apply for a grant. Okay. Okay, on yeah. your news? Yeah, I heard it. Okay. We had to pay $11,700 to have that piece of steel moved from Burns Park over to the boat harbor because they didn't have the money to, to move that piece of steel, and now they want a grant. This stuff is going too far. There's too many other things that had to be done in this town. Okay. Well, I mean, I've, I don't know exactly what the arts board... I don't have it in front of me. I don't think Brad's thrown it up on wisdomnews.com yet. I don't know exactly what the arts board is is requesting a grant for. I, I, I remember I robotically read this the news story earlier today, but I didn't uh, take it all in. So I, I will have to plead a little bit of ignorance at that point. And if Brad, if it were a normal times and normal circumstances, Brad would storm in here and give us all the information. But he, we were social distancing, so we keep Brad quarantined, and there's no mic in front of him. We but, must protect Brad at all costs. Yes, we got to protect Brad. Appreciate the call, number three. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, all right, let's get that last quick break in, and then we'll wrap up. Maybe uh, what's your binging? Let's let's get what you're binging, Grant. I'll gotcha. tell you what I'm doing. We'll be back after this. I was Let's do it. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just going to wrap up here for the weekend. Grant says back now. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we're back now. I can hear. I can hear. Um, well, I like. Well, normally I like to give you like a 30-second break because oh. you can't see the computer, right? right and yeah. I was going to send you that warning, and then I'm like, well, we're back in five seconds. I don't really know what to tell him. <laughs> now you're just confusing me. Um, all right, so, you know, with, with – uh, not a whole lot of activities to do. Actually, life for me hasn't changed a whole lot because I just walk my dog and watch some movies. And, you know, the only thing that's really different is I can't play basketball or volleyball at night. So it's, 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 that's the, the worst part of my life right now, which is, I mean, come on, it's not even that bad. But in terms of like people, you know, what I, I had to clue my neighbors in on, hey, you're paying $200 for a cable bill. You got to stop doing that. You need to just like get rid of get rid of your cable. Go to YouTube TV or Hulu TV, and then all this stuff is available instantaneously to stream. And you can pay a couple bucks more, and there's no commercials. And so lately, I've been streaming this uh, anime show called Parasite, where um, these parasites uh, take over the world and start eating people. It's pretty cool. Is that really the mood we're looking for right now? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this show right here. Apparently. Yeah, it's uh, I found it on Hulu. It's a, a friend of mine told me years ago to watch this, but it was uh, she gave me the DVDs, but they they were subtitled, so you, they were not in English. So I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't read that. I'm not gonna read and watch the show. So now it's dubbed. It's called Dub, so you can. It's it's got English, uh, you know words to it so i don't have to uh read anymore so pretty interesting but i would say the 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 best thing that i've binge watched over the past couple months is the mandalorian like we burned through that 
And man, it, it is really good. But I'm also like super sci-fi Star Wars nerd. But I burned through the Mandalorian, and I'm very sad, a little bit sad that I did because like all these things, when you know there's only one season, you burn through it and you want to keep going, and it's over, and they're not even going to make any more seasons because actors are are shut down. Right? We're not making any more TV. There's going to be this lull in TV. Uh, where where we're not going to have anything to watch. What are, you got? Anything you're you're binging, Grant? Yeah, well, I just finished binging this last week. I guess it's not really binging because I've been watching it as it's come out. I have Hulu TV, so i i don't I don't tune in and watch at the same time every week like you would with cable. But I I sit down every Wednesday night because that's when the episodes come out. It's the show called Dave on Hulu, uh, and it just finished its tenth episode. Its season finale was this week, and it's if you know anything about rappers. Um, it's about Lil Dicky and kind of his journey to becoming a rapper. Um, but he's got curly hair and he's Jewish and he's nerdy and it's a hilarious show. And I think it's really, really, really good. It's the best first season of a show that I've seen in a while. And is that it, wrapped up on Wednesday. Is it a show or more of a, like a follow like reality type situation? No, it's a show. No, it's I mean, they're playing characters. Oh, okay. um, and some of these people who are in the show are his friends and, and play roles in his musical life and real life. But um, but yeah, it's, it's a show with actors and characters. And I love all the characters. Like, it's so hard to get me to love characters after only one season. But I feel very strongly about them all. I love them. So I'm, I'm sad that that show's done. Pretty sure this text is for you, not me. Candace says that show is weird and creepy. That that text came in minutes ago. I'm not taking. I'm not taking that. <laughs> it's not about. It's. I think it's about your rap show and not my uh, parasites take over the world and start eating people. I suppose we'll never know. I I feel like I would be more freaked out by parasites. I've I've also been watching, and a couple people around the building have also been watching Better Call Saul. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad and you haven't seen Better Call Saul, you need to watch it because it's not just like an extension of Breaking Bad. It is a fantastic show. It exists with some of the same characters and in the same universe, but it is awesome. And I know one of my coworkers on Z93 has been watching it, and I love getting to talk to him about it because more more people need to watch that show. I've heard that show, once you get into it, is better than Breaking Bad. Is that possible? I Look... I watched Breaking Bad years ago, and now I'm watching Better Call Saul. So maybe if I watched them back to back, I could give you an opinion. I think they're both tremendous. I don't, I don't have a strong feeling that one is better than the other. But Better Call Saul, as its standalone show, is is fantastic. It doesn't need Breaking Bad to to stand on its own. I don't think. Oh, speaking of old shows, that I I like to rewatch old shows too. So yeah. I'm rewatching this show called Jericho. Do you remember this show? I don't know. And so it's essentially like nuclear bombs go off across the United States. At you know big cities like Chicago, whatever New York, Washington, and uh, the, it's so funny because it, this is the timeline, and I put this on my Facebook page. Nuclear bombs go off, then there's food shortages, then there's a civil war, then there's a virus outbreak, and then there's a private corporation trying to m- monopolize the virus vaccine. And I'm like, I feel like this is uh, the United States in reverse order right now, right? We have the virus outbreak at this point. Yeah. Then we're going to have the uh, v- the monopolizing of the vaccine by some giant corporation. Food shortage. And then we're going to have, yeah, we're at like the si- food shortage. I think we're we're at like either Civil War food shortage one way or the other, right? Like if you look at the mi- capital of Michigan yesterday, that, yeah. that seemed like uh, Civil War territory. We're getting uh, there. Masked men with AR-15 stormed the capital. I, it's super weird. So, all right, that's going to do it. We'll be back on Monday. It's going to be Grant's last week on Wisdom and before he goes back to the Wisco Sports Show. So we'll send him off. We'll have a party. All right, thanks, guys.